0: This is gonna be fucking fun! I'm Ryan. You are in the hole with Major League A-Holes. This week, we will be talking about, of course, Chicago Cubs, unfortunately. The Detroit Tigers, unfortunately. Uh, A-hole standing leaders, the San Francisco Giants. If you are looking for White Sox talk, however, you'll have to go to another podcast. We have moved that over to our new Sox-type thing presented by Revolution Brewing. We released our second episode this morning. So you can find that on all major podcasting platforms. It's going strong. got a good following, some good numbers off that first one. We're also started a Twitter feed specifically for Socks Type Thing at Socks Type Thing. Cleverly titled. Um that is going strong. I think we're up to over 150 followers already. So thanks, thanks for that. So I mean the you are in second place in the A-Hole standings, but you will always be the most interesting team, it seems. Uh <laughs> In maybe all of Major League Baseball, I mean, there's stre- there's always we're something going on buddy. with
1: the White Sox. Yeah, we're so, streaking now.
0: So check that out. It was too much to contain within one podcast, so it deserved its own podcast. For now, at least, we'll see. When yeah. We stop being interesting. We'll just yank the cord and I'll I'll, I'll change the passwords and everything and make it go. I'll, I'll go dark. But or if you piss me off too much, <laughs> I I'm, I have to warn you before we get into this. This is gonna yeah be a, a down a downer for me. At is least, this, so.
1: Yeah, this this is probably. I mean, I know what's been going on for most of your teams, and it, it's not good.
0: The three teams I, I root for, the Cubs, Tigers, and the A's, uh, I, mean, I don't even have anything to say about the A's this week. If, if if they don't care about their fans or their what they're putting out on the field, why should we care? So I don't even have an A's segment this week. But if you combine the A's, the Tigers, and the Cubs, they're on they're a combined 16-game losing streak right now. Last night alone, they had a combined score of 42 to 6 against. Uh, that's that's border again just ridiculous territory so I don't know I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to put a, a fun spin on. I've got you know since the, the Cubs are obviously going to be in trade mode, I, I put together a power rankings of who might be their optimal trade targets for other teams and who might get the best return. so we'll go over that. I've got a radical, solution for the Tigers woes. Mm. Uh, it's radical, but it is not original at all. So you, you'll, you'll be very familiar with what I'm going to say, but it's radical for me. I'm trying to be patient with this team, but I have lost yeah, my patience.
1: So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, we've got some gigantism to talk about, of course, that'll lead into perfectly into some shit we couldn't make up. The, the sports story of the year so far that we'll uh, ha- have more information for that we've reported on a couple times. And we have some other fun shit you couldn't make up. So let's go ahead and jump into the news. Now, here's the news. It's the news. The big news. Oh, fuck, Scotty. That is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball. Well, the news couldn't be any worse for me and for Cubs fans, uh, as I've stated. They're on their own what nine game losing streak. nine yeah nine it goes to nine. I got blown out last night again uh it's it's unbelievable what it what has happened to this team i guess it's it's believable you can see the product they put on the field and the few major league players that aren't you know three a or four a players uh they're hurt so of course we're uh in a in a tailspin really so so Nikki is,
1: went back to the i l huh
0: yeah, yeah, that magical trade is looking very interesting uh, for both sides now. Kind of a total flop. But yeah, I mean, he was back for, what, three games or something. Now he's already back in the IL. So just ugly, ugly scenes um, on the north side. But uh, I mean, went into New York last weekend, got the shit kicked out, out of us. They did get a reunion with Anthony Rizzo. I think you had it, didn't you? Have a story about Rizzo? Well, Rizzo, Rizzo, during that series, he
1: was asked about you know, Cubs and the Cubs competing and lack thereof competing, and you know, he simply just said, like any reasonable person would say, all the big markets teams have plenty of money to spend. So yeah, a team like the Cubs should be competing every single year. Yep, it's That's not what a sentiment. It's not a sentiment we haven't expressed. on yes. on this for both both Chicago teams who who historically are not competitive. Like, we have mm-hmm. more history in Chicago of not having competitive baseball than we have of competitive baseball. There's a couple uh,
0: hundred years Decades. Drought. There's yeah.
1: decades.
0: Yeah. Centuries. <laughs> yeah. I mean... If you guys were on an 88-year drought, maybe? Yeah, I we, we, think we cut it off at...
1: We were in the 80... It would have been the 88th. We were in yep. 87, I think. Uh, and we, we took care of that.
0: Yeah, nice work. Cubs took yeah. care of it after
1: 108... Working on our next eighty-seven still, but yeah, uh, you know, definitely working on their next one hundred eight. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, so it's like, you know, when you hear that and you think about that, I mean, we are, as a whole, a pathetic city when it comes to baseball. Yeah, that's that's all. all. I just I'm just adding on to what he said. Yeah, it over is, history, it is, absolutely. it is just disappointing. Like it's always been a disappointing. I mean, it was a little different earlier. Uh, you had so fewer teams making the playoffs I mean if you didn't win right I mean you didn't if you didn't win that like when the, you know sox going 83 Cubs go going 84 they just had to win their their overly what was each division like 15 or 14 teams or 13 teams well, there'd be oh, I mean seven, say seven seven, divisions, seven, yeah seven division. and seven yeah. yeah seven and seven each league had two divisions of, of seven teams each so I would say it was much much more difficult to make the playoffs and You know, revenue sharing wasn't what it is today. But I would say the biggest disappointment is that Chicago baseball as a whole, there's really no excuse for not competing over the last two decades. You know what I mean? Uh, Not being in that conversation every year. Is every year going to go the way you planned it? No but you should be in that conversation in September that you are a possible contender for the playoffs.
0: It's just amazing. When you think of where the Cubs were just six years ago, you know, on top of the world had all that young core that looked like it was going to be, you know, a contender every year, which it it was a contender, I guess, but they just didn't get it done. But to see that go to where we are today is just astounding. Like how, how, how that, you know, promised sustained platform for success or the platform for sustained success, you know, that is evaporated and we are clearly in a rebuild once again. Yeah, I mean, so the Cubs got their ass kicked in New York. They got their ass. They came home and then got their ass kicked by the Padres, although they're starting the last game of that series in about five minutes. We're recording here on a Thursday afternoon. Maybe they can turn it around. Maybe it'll all be different after we get done with the show today. But somehow I don't think so, considering what we've seen the last, oh, last year, but well, last year or so, but I think it's obvious. I mean, we we all know it's obvious that the Cubs are gonna be sellers at the trade deadline. So I thought it'd be interesting at least, you know, find something to talk about with this team. <laughs> you know, what who the best assets are uh, that they could trade away? So that's going to be uh, our another edition of our new power rankings. This country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power.
1: Jerry, I'm telling you, I have
0: this power, and I have no control over it. Your power is illegal, man. Then when you get the power,
1: then you get the world.
0: Sound of the doo, doo, doo. I'll drop in the real imaging. The <laughs> I'll be sure should include yours. So thank thanks for your participation. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can chime in on, on this for sure. I've got I've got my list, and you can say it's you know debate me what who should be number one. I'll, oh, you're,
1: you'll let me. Thank you.
0: I just want to make sure. I want to make <laughs> want to make sure you're participating in this because I need your help. But I, I'm awake. Number one, I think you might you might not know who I'd go with. Number one, it's I mean it's not revolution. I've been talking a lot about Wilson Contreras the last few episodes, but I'm gonna put Dave Robertson at number one on my top, uh, top the top asset mm. asset that the Cubs have to trade.
1: I can um, understand that having a team with some relief problems.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, every team that's in contention is gonna be looking for relievers, let alone elite closers potentially. I mean, we saw the trade last year, of course, between the Cubs and Sox, where you got Craig Kimbrough for better or worse. That seems like that should have worked out going after the best closer in the game. I you know, we've talked about that forever about why that failed. And we think that's a failing of the manager, not using people in the in the right ways. But I think Dave Robertson could could uh Help out a team that uses him in the proper proper way.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and he's he's played multiple roles
0: too. He's not yep.
1: like it's not one dimensional like him. Exactly, he's
0: performed in
1: as in, the seventh, seventh, in the seventh and the eighth. Yeah. yeah, So,
0: and he's having a great. He's he's got a 159 ERA, oh, uh, I, you know, one fifty nine ERA, sub one WHIP. Love him. Yeah, I think I think that's the the biggest asset that the Cubs have to trade. Number two would be Contreras. Uh, I'd put him at number two just because he's a, he's a rental. He's a, he's a, you know, going to be a 30 year old catcher. Uh, I probably don't have the rental part is the biggest thing, but it's, you know, trading him would be, it's going to be a big deal for somebody, but I don't think it has quite the value of what Robertson has. Um, It's also, there's also, it's also difficult to trade for a catcher in the middle of the season. I've heard a lot of discussion about, it. it makes sense to me where, you bring in a brand new catcher. Has to learn your staff on the fly, and has to you know get those starters comfortable with him uh, on a in a quick, a very quick manner. So you kind of risk you know changing up your the, right. the vibes you have for your pitching staff that have gotten you into playoff contention by the trade deadline. Bringing in a, a brand new catcher, uh, you know, seems. Could be risky. So that that might be another reason, you know, the, the whole world might not be coming to the Cubs door looking for Contreras. I have actually heard specifically this week that the Giants, your San Francisco Giants, might be a, a trade partner for Contreras, uh just to support Joey Bart and I forget your backup catcher, but
1: well, really um, cause cause uh Cacelis is really the starting catcher at this point because okay. Bart Bart's not acclimated well to yeah. <laughs> the major
0: leagues um so there there seems to be a, a bit of a fit there but there are risks of course i'm not, I'm not saying that's a done deal yeah. by any means but i thought that was interesting just for for your and i you and in my conversation here that those two teams were linked I,
1: I think the question about adding wilson Contreras to your team though too it's it's multi-dimensional and everything you said is right you bring a guy who doesn't know your system in in the middle and you've got pitchers who's had that comfort level whether the catchers burn from forming or not he mm-hmm. they have a comfort level with your your starter and your backup i mean or in some cases the pitcher only sees one of the catchers all the time either way but well, are you bringing you know the question is someone might be bringing contreras in for his bat where that's, he doesn't even have to That's where touch I was going to go yep and that well, now that we have the
0: universal a, DH, that means. Right. So he's bring him in to
1: 29 a, other teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's
1: that's not true. You, you're we're open up to half the league for who's contending and with sure. the extra wildcard spot. But like that, that yeah, Tigers are the not trigger. trading for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Contreras, but. laughs> yeah. Unless it's a, unless they, he's their long-term uh solution at catcher. Um Yeah.
0: Hey, they're best friends with, you know, he and Javi Baez. Maybe that's my radical plan <laughs> to shake up it, the Tigers trade. For both. Wilson Contreras.
1: Um, but yeah, so I think he's, you know, I think he remains a asset. Um, and because he can DH for a, a while after he gets there, as long as you mm. have a, a, you know, a decent enough, however you're going to utilize him as catcher, he has more than enough time to get up to speed before he even has to catch you know that's the other
0: thing so yeah but that's that's interesting that buys some time so yeah that's a different dynamic than than we've had in the past at least with the national league trading within the national right league. So exactly they might, they might mitigate that that uncertainty a little bit number three on my list would be ian happ and i was wondering if that would did, did that surprise you that i'd have him at number three
1: well, I don't know the rest of your list, so for now, okay. I, I guess I would go. I'm fine with that. I think he's uh, he's. I think he's great in a platoon situation, probably. Which someone would be bringing him in for? I don't know that they'd be bringing him in as like uh, like a full time starter. He's he he has runs that like yeah like he goes on runs and he looks like the greatest thing. And then he kind of dies out. but there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys like that who start every day in the, in the well, MLB. He always reminded me a lot of Adam Engel. Uh,
0: yeah. He's it, that's so Ingalls far more athletic, I think, and a better fielder, but Haps bat has really come to light. He's having the best year of his career right now. And it's, it's really good timing for, for this trade potential. Cause you know, he's got a 2.2 war right now. Uh, he's his OPS plus is 136 which is
1: yeah it's pretty good.
0: Yeah, by definition 36% better than average. So than league average. So uh, he he's boosting his value as much as possible. And if he wasn't putting up those numbers, I certainly wouldn't have him number 3 on the list. But the main reason I put him number 3 is the rest of the options the Cubs have are are such wild cards. It's it's hard to say. And I'm actually going to group four players at at number 4 because I don't know what to do with them. And they're all starting pitchers. I mean, the whole point of picking up Wade Miley off the scrap heap, off the waiver wires from the, from the Reds who inexplicably got rid of him, who, cause he had a really solid year last year. Uh, they just didn't want to compete for whatever reason. Yeah, you know, he's just hurt all he's been hurt. Twice now, he's, I think it's his second stint in the IL. So I don't know if he's going to even going to be a factor or healthy by the time he's at the trade deadline comes around. But he would, he would definitely be a a piece that they I think they assume they would be able to move on a one year deal, move him at the deadline if things didn't work out. You know, Drew Smiley is in that boat. Um, similar, similar. Uh, I don't think he has quite the upside or quite the quite the value necessarily of miley but if he's healthier he might be might end up being number four on the list you know getting a little more radical is uh mark stroman you know that he's on a three-year deal that doesn't mean he's untouchable but he, again he's not healthy and or he can't can't guarantee he's healthy so he's had his his uh moments with the cubs and then as soon as he starts looks like he's putting it together he's he's out either with covid or now this injury so but the the one that's really i never thought would be on this list is Kyle Hendricks and it's almost like the cubs are finally coming to that realization that it might be time to to move him uh cuz they're obviously going nowhere but he might be fairly valuable as a you know playoff veteran uh he has performed admirably in the playoffs before he's he knows what he's doing it doesn't mean he's a guarantee but I, I could see a a veteran presence like him being a welcome addition to a contending team, you know, in the middle to back of their rotation. Uh, He came back, uh, pitched only five innings in his return after being out for, I think it was like 13 games or 13 days. And it was almost like the Cubs put him out there to show the world that he's healthy and he's solid. And and he actually left the game with a five, nothing lead. And immediately they lost 12 to five. Yeah, if
1: you if you if you blink right now, you just don't you turn away from that Cubs game for a minute. I yeah. was I was I, I saw that game. I was looking at MLB scores and I'm like, oh wow, that's awesome. Cubs are putting it to the to the Padres. I'm happy as a Giants fan. And then all of a sudden I'm like, the Cubs lost 12 to 5? Because it was like in the, it's yeah. the fifth, it's the fifth freaking inning. Yeah, it fell apart quickly.
0: That escalated quickly.
1: <laughs> I've um, always thought I think I brought this up to you at the beginning of the year where I think you had just a little bit higher hopes for the team than how they are performing. I thought from day one, cause he's still signed for a couple of years, right? Hendricks. Yes. Yeah. I've always thought from day one, he is a high trade piece for someone who's looking for, I mean, in in most cases, someone's looking for a fifth starter and that guy and, and Kyle oh, Hendricks, yeah. is your fifth starter.
0: That would be a, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, I mean replete with starters at that point. So Yeah,
1: like like that is you're gonna get because of the control, he's not a high stress pitcher, so there's no reason to believe he is going and you know, he just came off a little bit of an injury, but there's no reason to believe that he will have any sort of like high stress injury that would keep him out for any extended yeah. period of time because of how he pitches, at least in regards to his arms, right? Uh, his arm. And I just think you could get a, a, a somewhat of a decent haul for him. At, at the trade deadline.
0: Yeah. I like your argument. We could even uh, think about pushing him up past Ian Happ to maybe number three on the list. Cause like, for the reasons you just brought up. So. I mean, he's
1: got a, if he, I mean, his lifetime ERA is like in the threes. I mean, he's got a resume. He's got, yeah. he out of, out of, um, you know, him and Contreras have, have the and, and Robertson too. They all have like decent major league resumes. So that, that goes a long way, especially at the trade deadline. So
0: well, well we see. are, yeah we're we're at June sixteenth today, and you know that's a little bit early for trades, but we've seen them in June before, uh especially I think it might make sense for uh, you know to trade a starting pitcher early earlier than later for the team that's acquiring them just to get that many more starts out of them true, uh, so we might be seeing some action on that front, so i don't know, thanks for participating in this Cubs conversation uh I need I need all all your help all the support I can get as I'm struggling to find entertaining ways to talk about this team. Is it's tough? It's a tough watch. I mean, like you said, I, even if they get a lead, you just wait for something to implode, and it has imploded in spectacular ways over the, over the last few weeks. I mean, literally, they're the first team. What is it? They've I think they're the first team ever to have given up. Eighteen or more runs in a game three times in the same season. Like, really? Just, wow. How is this possible? How are these things happening? But that—that that is the state of the Cubs.
1: Well, you know, you get you get those position players uh, pitching. Where Schwindel's in the record books? Yeah, yeah. The the that that was what the hardest the the deepest hit ball ever at thirty five miles an hour or something yeah, like that? yeah I had that written it's down so- on it. it's something goofy like it's you know it's the usual baseball stuff that you can pull you can pull his history out of any little thing that occurs kind of like the tops now card we talked about last week for Hunter Green. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wrote down Frank the Tank uh, threw a 35 mile an hour fastball for a home run to Kyle Higashioka. Yeah. I forgot his name. <laughs> the Yankees catcher, but uh I didn't write down how many feet it was, unfortunately. But
1: yeah, it is some kind of it's just that uh, pitch has never been thrown that slow or yeah. something that it was and then it's, it ended up being a home run. So
0: there you go. Well History yeah speaking of position players pitching see uh, i
1: set you up you I did I'm you did
0: doing. let's uh transition over to, to my detroit tigers marky
1: anderson has joined
0: us first of all how do you feel i feel great Mark, but let me tell you this i'm stupid Chris just grab a nacho i think he took somebody's nacho he's two of us up you know a little mid-game snack magnum pi right you use him for an example right here he is. He carries a Detroit hat around. He's talked about me on the show. And Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell go on the show. Why doesn't someone say how come we don't have Mark Piazza on the show? Ooh. Who had not one, not two, but three position players pitching in the game yesterday against your Chicago White Sox in a thirteen to nothing rout. Uh, that is the first time in Detroit Tigers history three position players have had to finish out a game, have to come into a game finish it out for him and really the most embarrassing loss of the season in a season of many embarrassing lows uh, that that may have been the lowest and uh, I keep looking for rock bottom and I I don't know how it gets worse than that AJ Hinch you know called it embarrassing the players had a players only meeting after the game um, which was unusual of course Uh, it doesn't sound like it was like a, a yelling screaming match or anything with i don't think people are calling each other out but it was just kind of you know something that needed to be done looking for answers on how to how to fix this pathetic offense and just pathetic effort appears in the field that's another team my true favorite team uh that is just hard to watch the the at-bats are incredibly frustrating that there's a there's not it's not that there's no effort but it it looks like there's not especially when he's see someone like Javi Baez just flail away over and over again at the low and away slider, uh, pulling his head off the ball every time. And it just doesn't seem to be an adjustment made by anybody. Uh, They are on pace at this point to have the worst runs per game in the history of major league baseball. They're at 2.71 as of today. Uh, that would, I've seen different stats about this, so I'm not sure what's 100% accurate. I, I heard the 1942 Philadelphia Athletics, I believe, were on a similar pace. And now, uh, since the shutout yesterday, they're now, Tigers are now below that for the fewest runs scored. Um, the other one was, oh, the 1969 San Diego Padres were on a, they finished with a 2.89 runs per game. in the Tigers are now well below that, so uh, we're getting into historic territory. This is not—it's not your eyes deceiving you. We've never seen this low of offensive production. Uh, Tigers fans are equally as frustrated as I am. Uh, you know, there's a smattering of booze now every time that Javi Baez comes up you know, Al Avila and Chris Illich, owner, the owner and uh, GM and owner of the team are getting booed and now are being kind of dragged through social media and uh, especially at uh, Detroit Sports Talk Radio today. Uh, it's just, and they have for quite some time, but I'm finally at a breaking point. I think I, I, I try to be, I have no reason to be, I, I'm a, just an asshole with a podcast, but I try to be a little bit reasonable and not reactionary and I don't just call for people being fired or, you know, just, just to get the pound of flesh because I'm angry at my team and I want, I want things to change. And, you know, people have lashed out at hobby, um, which is understandable. They don't, they don't have, they have a two month relationship with hobby, essentially that has been the worst version of hobby bias that we've ever seen. So that's what Tigers fans have been exposed to. I have the benefit of being a Cubs fan. I've watched, tremendous highs out of Bobby and you can see we know I know what his potential is and what what he typically is and this is this is the worst version of it so I think going after hobby is the, the wrong way to go
1: uh, yeah and and you know what just move him bat him ninth then because you lack yeah. so much in the field when he is not in the field the again you didn't win any of those games but the game one, didn't the Sox didn't score double digits because of a couple plays he made at shortstop. Oh yeah. For sure. uh, yeah. And it just like, I watched the, well, I, I watched pretty much everything, but like definitely when he was not playing, uh, there were some balls hit in the general area of shortstop that made it through that. I'm like, you got to put them out there every day. I mean, this, yeah. if you're, if you're not hitting the ball, you got to put your best defense out on the field so you can yeah. maybe win a game three to two or win a game two to one to minimize the damage. I mean, it doesn't help that your pitching staff is in disarray except for scoobs And um,
0: well, now the bullpen is starting to feel it and the overachieving yeah. replacements for the rotation are starting to show their warts. But,
1: and you lost what you lost. What What Rodriguez for the year? Right.
0: Well, I'll get into that. Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, didn't mean, to, sure didn't, mean to,
1: didn't mean to jump your your yeah. flow. I apologize. Well, getting yeah. back to
0: back to your White Sox uh, who came into Detroit and of course swept the Tigers. They out-hit the Tigers 49 to 25 in the series. 22 Outs- hits
1: yesterday.
0: <laughs> outscoring them a total 27 to 6. Uh that was an uh, absolute drubbing as uh, you guys have been doing for quite some time to the Tigers. Uh, of course, you talked about how, how uh, Jose Abreu and of course Dylan Cease absolutely own the Tigers with Dylan in
1: America too.
0: Yeah, Dylan Cease being undefeated in his career, ten and zero against the Tigers. But we'll, we'll talk more about that, or we did talk plenty about that yesterday in our Sox type thing. So we'll, yeah, tune we'll in gloss there. over we, that quickly. Tune,
1: tune into all those <laughs> accolades <Yeah>. over there.
0: <laughs> But I, it just seems like there's something radical needs to be done. This is why I, I framed all it. All right, here we good. go. However, it is not original at all. Okay. Uh, my idea. I don't think it's going to do any good to, you know, you know, DFA a player or send somebody to the minors or, you know, fire the hitting coach, uh, Scott Kubaugh, uh, cool bar, whatever it is. But, um. Those those are band aids. You know, we've seen the Cubs fire their hitting coach over and over again in in their their quest to regain the the World Series crown post 2016. I forget how many hitting coaches they went through, and it didn't change anything. So I, I don't I don't see why why that would do any good to, to fire for the Tigers to fire the hitting coach. I'm not blaming AJ Hinch. I he's he has enough credibility in my mind at this point that he he isn't shouldn't be on the chopping block. Although I've heard some people call into Detroit sports talk radio and call for his head. And I've certainly seen it on social media and, you know, he didn't enter as the most popular just because of the cheating scandal in, um, in, in Houston. But I don't see any reason that to put the main part of the blame on him. You know, you can't fire all the players so if I'm not firing the hitting coach or the manager or the players, I think it's gotta be Al Avila. I think, I think I've finally reached my breaking point where Al Avila is, is the center of the issues that, uh, that the Tigers have, that have, have been built over the years, this culture that has created this setup where, where you have everyone on the team slumping this badly, this roster construction, whatever it is, is, Fatally flawed, and that has been by design of Elavila, the, the ill conceived design. Uh, he took over in 2015 for a fire, Dave Dombrowski, but he was under Dave Dombrowski for 10 15 years before that, so he's part of the previous regime. I pointed out, uh, back in I think it was 2018, believe it or not, the Tigers finally embraced analytics. And created their own analytics data, database called Caesar, uh, crassly named after their owner's corporate pizza empire, Little Caesars. Uh, so they just started their analytics four years ago. Their their department is yeah, expanding rapidly. That could
1: be where some of their problems are at.
0: Absolutely. And guess who finally decided to do that it would be Alavila. I mean, congratulations for finally getting to the party. But we're 20 years behind the curve already. And that's... That's on his, that's on him. Um, you know, a lot of these sins that I'm blaming him for happened, you know, five, six, seven years ago when he took over his, his drafts, you know, recently his drafts have been very, you know, you could say you know, there has been some impact from who he's drafted because they're drafted number one overall. You know, I, I joked at the time, well, you know, I'm proud of him, but I could be making those picks. You don't have to be radically, Radically talented or insightful to be able to figure out who the number one pick overall should be. Spencer Torkelson yeah. is a no-brainer. Riley yeah. Green was a no-brainer. Yeah. Jackson Job was a little bit outside uh, the box last year, a high school pitcher, which I probably wouldn't have gone for. But, uh, you know, he's years away, of course. Um Casey Mize, I bring up uh, you yeah, know I, I would have probably picked him as well but there was a lot of noise out there saying the way he throws lends himself to getting injured and now he is having Tommy John surgery out you know until probably 2024 at this point uh, so even even the obvious you know lar- you know bright spots of his drafts are you know are not even, you know, they're obvious and they're not even performing. Torkelson is a huge disappointment so far. It's only two months into his major league career. You know, it's hard, it's hard to, hard to blame for that. But beyond that, there's no one coming up. No one else is coming up through that system to to help out the Tigers. We have Willie Castro playing center field right now. Harold Castro is our hottest hitter right now. I mean, these guys, uh, this is the state. We have nobody else that, to fill in this from the farm system. And that is, a, that is an indictment of Alavila. Look at the free agents. You know, we had a promising year last year. I've, I, it was a fun season. And actually, 2020, 2020 was actually a little bit of fun. Uh, They're were, they were winning some games that I didn't expect them to win. They were at least entertaining. The first month of 2021 was brutal. Uh, And then the last five months, they had a winning record each month and gave you a lot of hope that maybe things were actually turning around. This this rebuild that you can argue either started in 2015 or probably started in 2017 when uh, all the massive assets started to be traded off. You know, we're we're at least six years into a rebuild and we are the Tigers are now on pace to win 63 games. 63 and 99 should be their record if, if they continue their current pace. You know you talk about the trades when they started this rebuild, trading Verlander and J.D. Martinez and everyone else the the returns for those trades have been historically bad. There's essentially no one that has turned into a major league prospect right you know, you know Daz Cameron might you know is marginal Jake rogers uh, you know he was solid catching prospect and you know and played pretty well last year until he, he's had, had Tommy John surgery. Um, mm-hmm. Just the returns on those trades is where where a lot of a rebuild gets gets its momentum. Just was not there, you know. With that momentum I mentioned a minute ago in of twenty twenty one, we added free agents. It's like the Tigers. This was their plan. They started, you know, to turn the corner, and they added spent spent some serious coin in the off season, and the free agents they got are awful. I mean, have provided almost nothing to this team this year. You look at, you know, the aforementioned Javi Baez. What he is, what he is uh, shown. Is he the worst hitter in baseball? I think you sent me an article uh, on. Oh no, uh, I,
1: I, just, I just po- I just tweeted it on uh, Sox type thing because. Of the, you know, there's no way Tim Anderson was ever going to be as yeah. good as Javi Baez. Well, I think, <laughs> I I think that ship is...
0: There was an argument a while ago, but yes, that is there's is no argument to be, to be made. But if you look <laughs> at his stats right now, it's, it, it is horrific. I think there could be an argument to be made that he is the worst hitter in baseball right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: that, that's what that argument was in, yeah. in the article. I don't know that that is accurate, um, that's that is that's I didn't a, look too deeply, I just saw 100% that. through statistics. And yeah. but maybe well, reg- he, he, he's probably the, the worst hitter in baseball based on the back of his baseball card right yeah. now. So, he's
0: certainly the most disappointing free agent, at least yeah. in Tigers' history at this point, two months, two and a half months in. But Eduardo Rodriguez, who you mentioned, uh, I actually wanted to do a whole segment. Where's Wardo? Um, he is on a leave of absence. He's is on the restricted list. He was, well, he, uh,
1: he said he, there, an uh, something posted like last night that said he will not be returning this season
0: to the team. I have not heard that. And no one talked about that on, on Detroit sports talk radio today. I'd, I'd like to see that. Um, yeah. I, let me, I'll send it to
1: you. It said, uh, he has been moved to the restricted list and will not be returning to the team this season.
0: see. I think that'd be much bigger news in Detroit. Uh, I'll I'll let's we'll, we'll table that. I'll at least uh, address that next week. But uh, regardless, he was on a rehab start. He he had you know mediocre results early in the season. Uh, then got injured. Was having a promising rehab, and suddenly he told the Tigers he could not return to the team for personal reasons, and was subsequently placed on the restricted list uh aj hinch said he hopes he comes back uh didn't want to get into details of course because it is a personal issue so nobody has any idea what the fuck's going on there and that is un- unbelievable considering you know what what the production you've got out a javi baez with this this free agent class uh tucker barnhart was the other the other piece they added um you know, he, he was brought in for his defense, but yeah. I, haven't, I have not been overly impressed with that even. Uh, he, he hasn't thrown out a ton of runners. Pitch framing might be better than what they had before. That's I, I haven't looked at the numbers. That's a little bit harder to quantify, but, you know, he is one of the better hitters on the team. I think his average is in the 230s, which puts him in the upper echelon of Tiger's bats. But so it's just every every box that I, a general manager needs to needs to check has been a basically an absolute abject failure for alavila and at some point you have to pull the plug and i am i've finally reached that point right i think yesterday was was the breaking point um there's never a good time to fire a general manager it's 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 terrible for the organization because everything that's been built is under their vision. And, you know, he spent at least the, the last seven, eight years building that. And it's, it's come to nothing. We've got the draft coming up in a month or so. And, you know, how do you bring in a new GM to get up to speed and figure out, you know, what they should do with that. But I don't think, I think I'd rather risk that than have Alavilla running another draft at this point. So that's why I think it needs to happen now. I don't think it's going to, um, I haven't seen, you know, any, any, uh, real radical action from owner, Chris Illich. Uh, he has shown, a a and a willingness to spend money. Finally. And that was a big change, uh, this off season, but it, it made sense not to spend on a team that was obviously rebuilding until they, they turned the corner, which it looked like they had, but you know, he might be, uh, very frustrated. Or I'm sure he is equally frustrated with with the returns on his massive investment and the general direction of the team. And just to see an entire an entire roster that cannot hit just tells you it's systemic, it's cultural. It is not it is not a single player. It, it is a it's a culture that needs to be completely re- revised and a system that needs to be a radical overhaul. So I, I am finally today. Uh, june sixteenth calling for the removal of al Avila. Can we get Al Avila removed, please? Not a bad guy. I think he's very likable. Yeah. I just think that I think the, the Major League was, Baseball has passed him by long it's ago. A,
1: it's amazing how quickly baseball makes people like turn on members of the organization because you were you were all you were all about Al Avila for the last six months or so I was I mean, cautiously
0: I that, that's 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 misstating it. I was cautiously oh. cautiously optimistic that his that he was turning things around I would not say it's all about him or you were like he's just, no longer
1: asleep at the wheel he's making moves the Tigers are heading in the right they might actually win the division this year
0: did I say that I picked them to finish third in the division? I think if you look at this, so I think you could calm down about that shit.
1: <laughs> I'm just I, I had to give you some shit. I had gone crazy. You, you can
0: give me shit about what I said about Theo. Epstein. Tigers, Tigers
1: are going to the World Series this year. I mean, it's happening.
0: I did get over my skis with Theo Epstein when the when the Cubs brought him in ten years. Years well, ago. that was so fair. <laughs> that's very different than my feelings I've ever expressed about Alex. No,
1: you but you so. did you did, I mean, all, all, all kidding aside, all just giving you shit aside. I mean, and I I kind of just see see in the same way. I'm like, oh, maybe he isn't that bad because the Rodriguez, I mean, again, and over time, the Rodriguez move probably will be a solid move. He's having personal issues. That to me is more important than baseball. Absolutely. I mean, uh,
0: but we have no idea what that means. It's, it's, well, it
1: said marital. It's it's more spelled out that it's marital issues. So, oh, okay. Well, this yeah, is a yeah.
0: this is a, a groundbreaking article you're referencing. I can't wait to see. You. It's under,
1: I, Well, it's in the Detroit Free Press. The marital issues. Okay. As of yesterday.
0: Wow. Well, send that over to me. I'll, I'll figure it out. But we we'll, we'll, I'll get deeper into that next. Well, it doesn't week.
1: say. It doesn't say. I saw an alert, and maybe I just misread it yesterday. But I. It's swear happened before. I swear it was on the Athletic that said uh, Rodriguez, uh, you know, put on the restricted list, not returning to the team this year or something like that. Well, but yeah, that
0: you, you said that again. Just some. Let's talk about this next week. I I, I need to see what we're talking about.
1: But here. if you look up the Detroit Free Press, article, I, will, I will. I will. You'll, okay. you'll, you'll I will. Okay. I believe it, you. Yes. Well, no, you'll just see that it's marital issues. That's all I'm saying. Okay. That's what they 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 said. So,
0: well. Back to you mentioned Tucker Barnhart. Um uh, I just one little tidbit before we get off the tigers. I like think you you'll find funny is that before the White Sox series, Tucker Barnhart took it upon himself to actually burn a bat in his in his fire pit as like a sacrificial burning of a bat to help help the mojo of the tigers. And apparently that did not work at all because their bats went completely silent against against your White Sox. So the the Joe Bu uh, do not piss off Joe boo or whatever well, whatever what voodoo was, he was working on did not.
1: When you started to talk at the beginning of the segment about you're going to have this extreme idea, I was thinking like sacrifices in the, <laughs> in the locker room. Or something. We've already tried it; it doesn't yeah, work. <laughs> yeah. But then when you said it wasn't that original, I'm like, all right, but it could still be a sacrifice. He's borrowing from Major League. I don't know. Maybe Major- they're going to sacrifice a chicken.
0: We tried it and it didn't work. So now now we're now we're getting rid of Alan. I
1: mean, I said this on the stocks type thing. Folks, I couldn't even talk trash to Smitty because it was not even it was just so bad. Okay, like I no, just this is
0: this is a pity pity party. Yeah, no, I, I, is, I don't think I could do this anymore. Yeah,
1: I mean, it was just so. There was fat. not
0: much trash talked on either side. So you you took mercy on me, but I yeah, don't think I was, yeah, I couldn't have responded anyway. So I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, what
1: was it? Be. Was one sided trash talk? But it'd it was, be like it,
0: you're beating up on the fat kid with asthma wearing the Babylon Five t shirt, sitting in the corner. So, <laughs> That's yeah. my David Tell reference. Yes, <laughs> <but. laughs>
1: <That's> right. <laughs> So well,
0: anyhow. Can we move on from my shitty teams and move over to your San Francisco Giants? Next question. The next question, because it was stupid. He hits it high. He hits it deep. And it is out of here. Sorry. Is feeling pretty uh delicious right now. Gonna step into the box, go three for four, eight RBIs. Gain.
1: Yes, who I was all sort of doom and gloom last yeah, week. Yeah, I'm only Ooh. four
0: games above 500 no, Remember one no of no the A-hole standings. No, yeah.
1: I Now I gotta whoop. we gotta play the Dodgers.
0: I just you looked at the, the Dodgers, Dodgers. Yeah, yeah. And now
1: we go in, and what do we do? The Dodgers come into town and we say, get the fuck out of (laughs) here. We swept them, including in the final game, just like a classic uh, good Rodon performance, eight strikeouts, um, just a handful of hits. They sweep the series. It's just, it's just mind boggling. They've won five in a row. They did lose yesterday's afternoon game uh, to Kansas city, but going from the Dodgers to Kansas city is a pretty good way to get on a winning streak. Um, So do do you find the Dodgers uniforms and the Kansas city Royals uniforms? Very close. They're they're
0: identical. If you look at them, the colors are the same. It's the same Pantone color, the Royal blue. So I thought the difference is the Royals don't have a red number on the front. That's the only (laughs) difference. Yeah. Same font for the Dodgers and Kansas city and Royals. Thought I was yeah.
1: crazy for a second because it was like I was like that's so weird that they played them back to back. That was and an impromptu have, like,
0: aesthetics right there. I honest. know, and they yeah. had
1: like identical jerseys, and <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I'm like I'm like I'm pretty sure these jerseys are identical. I think uh, um,
0: the pip on the top of the hat might be different colors, but everything else is almost identical.
1: Right. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Cool. I thought I, I knew you would know for sure. Oh, I knew. I was ready um, for that one. Some of my gloom and doom was the fact that Crawford had just got injured. Well, he returned on Friday, so that quickly uh, helped, helped the the Giants uh, uh, win those games. Belt returned to the lineup yesterday, uh, greeted the Kansas City Royals with a bomb, a 404-foot homer. Um, so things are now trending back up. Unfortunately, they won five games in a row, didn't gain an ounce of anything in the standings for the division one reason is because the uh the best
0: division in baseball proven proved our power ranking segment a couple weeks ago and
1: and the aforementioned uh padres are having their way with the cubs right now who are also tied with the dodgers
0: for first so Mm. but you got to
1: win you got to win those games you know it doesn't it doesn't matter just keep winning ball games and things will take care of themselves as they like to say but what is I, i mean you probably wonder like what is part of the giant success? Cause it remains a mystery to all of us over time. Cause there's always something different about the team and no one's hitting home runs this year. And that was what they hung their hats on last
0: year. I think they hit the most home runs in baseball last year. And they also uh, gave up the fewest home runs is what led to their 107 wins. Is that what they ended up with? But
1: yes, 100, 100, 107. Um,
0: yeah, what kind of voodoo are they using well, this year? Well,
1: it is, it is the same type of thing, and it comes in the walk category mm. and the out-of-the-zone category, and this is thanks to The Athletic. You and I are both subscribers. If you don't subscribe, you should subscribe. This is from Grant Brisby, who brought up the fact that the reason the Giants are winning ball games without knocking the ball out of the park this year is they are at the top of the league in not swinging at pitches out of the zone. They're fourth in the NL fifth in the MLB and their walk rate is second in the NL and third overall in the MLB. So they just do Mm. not swing at bad pitches. Um, You know, that would lead when they make contact, they make contact with balls that are in the zone. uh, But obviously the results don't always end up uh, how they should be on the flip side. Their staff is doing the same exact thing. They are number one in the NL in making batter swing at pitches out of the zone and third overall in MLB. And they are first in the NL in walk rate. They walk no one and fourth overall in, in baseball. So basically, what they're doing is they're minimizing, you know, they're minimizing the, the guys on base, at least with three passes. And they're taking their time driving up those, you know, pitch counts and things like that and getting those uh, starters out of the game. So that's their that's this year's voodoo so far. We'll mm. see if it's sustainable and we'll see if it leads to a uh, playoff appearance. But that is that is their their um, their magic on both sides of the ball. But we all know that isn't the big story for the Giants this year. Yeah. The biggest story
0: in all of sports, potentially.
1: And this, I guess, just what kind of transcends us into the our shit we couldn't make up segment. Oh, you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around, huh?
0: What have we got here?
1: A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a turkey cemetery.
0: Come on to the coast. We we'll get together, have a few Lift. laughs.
1: I feel free to jump in on this, but um. More news has come out about the 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 biggest story in baseball this year, the slap across the face to Jock Peterson and slap
0: heard round the world.
1: (laughs) Yes, and the twenty thousand dollar entry fee um fantasy football league run by Was it twenty or
0: ten? I think it was revealed that it was ten thousand.
1: Oh, it was ten thousand, but there was I don't know.
0: Twelve players in the league, it was revealed. Uh Mike Trout being interviewed during a game on Sunday night baseball as the commissioner of this fantasy league, the most controversial high roller fantasy league I've ever heard of, uh, revealed that there are 12 players in that league. Uh, Alec Bregman won the league last year. I think that's, that's what way came to. So I oh, guess. Oh,
1: that's, that's, that was the news. That's right. That's that was some of the news yeah. that broke from this past week.
0: Um, so yeah. I mean, high stakes, maybe it's winner takes all $120,000, which is, you know, kind of chump change for those guys, but, uh, it's funny that the story just keeps, keeps going. We're, I think we're a month into it already. Um, you know, I think next this coming Sunday, uh, ESPN will be doing the the Astros game. So they're going to mic up Alec Bregman. Um, so we'll get more, more information about this league. Um, Uh, apparently Mike Trout though, will not be the commissioner of this league next year as this is, this has been far too emotionally draining for him. It is a big pain in the ass as you and I discussed previously, we've both been commissioners of both fantasy football and baseball leagues. Um, it's a thankless job and, uh, you know, it never came, never came to blows in any of our leagues or, uh, to such huge media scrutiny. We are to deal with. So I, I guess I can't blame, Mike Trout for wanting to step down at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when you're, when you're getting asked questions about it (laughs) during (laughs) a national broadcast, you probably don't want to be, you know, commissioner anymore. Um, it didn't. It hasn't stopped there, though. I, you know, Jack. Jack Peterson's that kind of guy. He seems like he might be the kind of guy who kind of likes to get under your skin. He has a unique look about him. Uh, in general,
0: he looks annoying. Uh, I could see yeah, how he, people he, might he, be yeah. annoyed.
1: So on Monday, uh, the Giants took the field. Wearing a uh, black with orange uh, type T-shirts that say "Stashing players on the IR isn't cheating," with like a little Jack Peterson signature in the middle, uh, something like fantasy football, something across the top. So a show um, of solidarity the, uh, from his the, teammates. The fire continues to get stoked <laughs> when you when you got a major league baseball club warming up before the game in these shirts. I mean. I, I've got to say, you know, I've always loved baseball. I've always loved, <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, one of the one of the major pluses was Cabrera getting on base during this series and watching him screw around with Abreu at first base uh, in the Detroit Sox series. Whenever Mickey gets on base, it's it's a joy to just watch the interaction of him with with uh, the opposing team's players. Um, but. Like this is just just another great baseball story. Like even though it it it, it did goes it, it, did it, it kind of goes into their violence per- though. No, I mean, I don't know. It how did, great. But but it goes in. It goes into like you know. It's kind of like the off the field has come onto the field now because we should know nothing about this. By the way,
0: uh, we're getting a little insight into the mentality of yeah. the personalities I, of the players. I, that I we love, love that. Thought we'd I love get. that
1: those guys play fantasy football. I mean, <laughs> I think that's great. So.
0: Oh yeah, I like the show of solidarity from his teammates, the t-shirts obviously referencing Tommy Pham's bone of contention with Jack, Jack Peterson and stashing some I put some players on IR to uh, I I don't know. I, it just seemed like that should have been taken care of in the au- automated system I, I I guess I don't know what they're using, but we use ESPN to do all of our fantasy leagues. It's pretty simple to stop that from happening, but somehow an inexperienced Mike Trout couldn't figure that out as a as commissioner of the league. But.
1: Or Perhaps he just doesn't care. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, that was certainly some shit we couldn't make up. I think we have a few more on the list for this week. Uh, the, the number one on my list and probably number two on yours uh, was a follow-up on our... That we reported on or we talked about last week with Joe Madden, of course, being fired from the LA Angels.
1: This is so great
0: unceremoniously, but a new tidbit <laughs> came across. Uh, Tim Kirchin from ESPN reported this that Joe Madden, in an attempt to get his uh, team on a 12 game losing streak, fired up, uh, shaved in a mohawk. The 68 year old manager actually shaved in a mohawk, uh, but unfortunately was fired before any of the players actually got to see it. it I, I
1: mean, that is incredible. The timing
0: couldn't have been worse. Uh, apparently, he shaved it in the night the night before. Went, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how this transaction actually worked out. Like, I'm assuming they fired him first thing in the morning, face-to-face. Uh, so I'm guessing yeah, he, mo- he came into the stadium, uh, the sixty eight year old man with a fucking mohawk. <laughs> He probably
1: thought it was fucking taxi driver.
0: <laughs> I posted that <laughs> meme on, on social media the, the clapping Robert De Niro, the mohawk and sunglasses and army coat. Oh my um, god! It must have been difficult for the GM to actually pull the trigger while Joe Madden is sitting across the desk from him, uh, in the embarrassing mohawk, saying, "I'm sorry, that that's you're you're fired. You have to get out of here." The other part that I heard people speculate about is did like joe like leave did he put on a hat of some sort to cover up his his shame his embarrassment when he was leaving the stadium after being fired uh he could put on it could he could he put on an angels hat i don't well, think he would i don't think he would do that after well, this, just being fired yeah the question is
1: yeah how did he come to the i guess the question is how did he come to the stadium how did yes. he leave the stadium he must have been wearing some sort of hat into the stadium. For I would this think an news. angel's hat, but would for you keep an angel's hat? Coming
0: out? Do you choose yeah. to show an angel's hat who just fired you minutes before, or do you choose to show off the Mohawk?
1: Well, does the well, manager come dressed to the stadium or does he dress in the stadium?
0: Well, here, here's the one players. Thing. If he, if he's going to unveil this new Mohawk, I don't think he would just show up without a hat on. He'd have something to, to right uh, right. Cause it's a, a big a, reveal. reveal. Yeah. True. <laughs> So did he have something, you know, did he just come with his typical hat or an angel's hat or was he wearing something else? With Joe Madden, you never know. Did he have like a stuffed animal costume or something, a wolf wolf mask? I don't know. He got
1: fired while wearing a wolf mask. (laughs) That's going to be the next story that comes out.
0: (laughs) I love that. Uh, But I just, I just love the idea that he was indeed sitting in the general manager's office with a Mohawk while he was being fired. It's just, just adds another layer to how how bizarre that that whole situation was, and it, it sucks. I mean, we were making fun of the guy, but I was not last week for sure. He's he's one of my favorite managers. He, it's just sad the way he's going out, and it got it got even a little bit sadder this week with that news of the mohawk was revealed.
1: Now I'm just picturing him. He's sitting there. He's got he's where he's got his mohawk, and then he's just like they're telling him he's fired. He's like, you talking to me? You looking at me? You talking?
0: You're talking to me. Me. Huh? I don't see anyone else here. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect.
1: Um, my next one uh, just happened last night. Um, uh, is everyone aware of what an immaculate inning is? I'll, I'll run by real quick. It's when you strike out three batters and you use a total of nine pitches. In uh, one half stri- inning. In one half inning to strike them
0: out. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: No, that that is uh, – I mean, I think the only uh, – yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, the thing about last night was not only did the Astros do it to the Rangers once, they did it to them twice. Yeah. Luis Garcia and Phil Maton, I think that's how you say his name, I don't know. struck out. They completed two immaculate innings for the first time in MLB history. But it gets even better. Yeah. They struck out the same – it was the same three batters in both that's, instances.
0: That's insane. I I I mean, two immaculate innings is one thing, but I, I, I couldn't believe that when I read that part of it. Like, how do they not take a pitch or something, foul something off in, in I, 18 pitches? None of them could do anything.
1: I thought that – luri garcia striking out and grouting in a double play against two of the tigers position players was was going to be the worst hitting of the night but maybe maybe this this
0: was even worse i don't know uh, to be fair to luri garcia i think he was trying to get out just so you you guys could get the fuck out of there in a 13 to nothing route <laughs> oh come on While I can't it was have a 95 little, degrees a little, a little joke jeez I'm trying. Hey, I'm, I'm defending your player right there. Yeah, well, you shouldn't.
1: <laughs> um. Anyway, that was my other shit you couldn't make up. I think you have one more.
0: I have one final shit we couldn't make up, and I feel like this is a a follow up to a similar shit we couldn't make up last year at some point. Okay. Comparing Vlad Guerrero Jr. and oh, yeah, Vlad Guerrero Sr. I don't. I I couldn't find it, and I didn't see what the stats were, but that there was an uncanny statistical anomaly between father and son Vlad's uh, this new one that just came up is after 403 major league games, both Vlad senior and Vlad junior have exactly 87 home runs and exactly an OP OBP of 363. It's insane. How does that happen? Let alone. I, I God damn it. I couldn't find it. I feel like it's, it's different numbers. I may have been the same number may have been same home it runs. Was, it was after that like, game. 200 f- games or something like that um wait how what,
1: what what's the game number at now it's 403 and they have eight game or- home runs i think it's yes. games. yeah games are advanced, so I, I feel like right. it was
0: half half of that but we i'll post i'll post it in the when we get this up on the website if you find that send that to me what it was i will I'll,
1: I'll look for it because when i saw that stat i'm like oh my god they flashed something like this last year where they yeah. had identical numbers we
0: talked about it and i think it may have been a shit you couldn't make up but for some reason it wasn't on our our robust website that i chronicle every fucking thing we talk about and i couldn't well, find
1: well so. apparently not well enough
0: yeah um, I, mean, I gotta work on that majorlygayholes.com is failing me god
1: damn it um yeah so i mean what does that mean well i think something we already know he's gonna have a pretty good fucking career by yeah oh, junior's
0: yeah, I love Vlad Guerrero Jr. I'm a fan of oh, my fantasy team. I'm so team.
1: excited for Monday.
0: He was a Lansing Lugnuts, my hometown, my hometown team. I put him on the cover of Lugnuts Magazine as the gra- head graphic designer for the Lugnuts. I put him on the cover of Lugnuts Magazine two years in a row in 2016 and 2017. Uh, he is now a superstar, and I couldn't be happier for him. I was a fan of his father. Back in the day uh so it's it's just crazy how their their numbers are coinciding you know you're, they are kind of picking out different numbers every time but you know to have home runs and and obp be identical after 403 games is unreal yeah it is it's crazy it's good stuff well i think that is it for this episode what are we at 106 of yeah 106. in the hole uh Again, uh, if you if you missed our White Sox content, that is all now at Sox Type Thing, uh, available on any major podcast platform. Also, at socks Type Thing uh, on Twitter.
1: It's it come come look. I'm 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 a maniac. You're blowing
0: up, yeah, yeah. You're you're a different. You're definitely a different follow than than the major league a holes uh, Twitter platform. So get a, we've got a little variety going there. Yeah. Uh, you can catch Majorly League Holes at Major Gay Holes and on Twitter and different social media and MajorlyGayHoles.com. Find us on YouTube under In the Hole and you can find this podcast anywhere you'd like to find a podcast. So with that, I'm going to say this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah! Jesus fucking Christ, it's
1: about time. S-S-H-O-L-E, everybody, hey, 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 I think I'm I think I'm I'm an asshole, and I'm proud of it. WordHole Media